At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. My thanks to Pamela Maldonado, who joined me to talk about the PGA, which begins here on Thursday. Take a look at some of those first round matchups and outright leaders. Uh, we'll go through that um, coming up in a little bit. Um, Scotty Scheffler is the favorite to win this thing. And why not? Dude is absolutely on a tear right now. NBA playoffs, some exciting action here uh, in what we're seeing margins. What do I mean by that? Well, the winning team here in the NBA playoffs, we, we, we aren't seeing close games. We're seeing games that might be close throughout, but in terms of the spread, not really close. Uh, our buddy James Alberino at Spread Investor, who will join us on the program coming up tomorrow, pointed out that coming into this game on Wednesday night, since May 1st, there have been 27 playoff games. And you know what? I'll just add in the Wednesday night game, which the Warriors beat the Mavericks and covered. Uh, 112 to 87. So since May 1st, 28 playoff games. 25 of them, the team who covered, covered by five points or more. The last 11 playoff games, there's been close to a 21 points per game cover margin. I mean, just think about this, right? That's what we've seen. Warriors win by what, 19? On, you know, we had Boston, uh, Miami win. That was a low spread, but they still won by 11. You had the, uh, before that, let's see. We just go through the, the scores of these, of the last 10 games that we saw. So, on Mon- on Sunday, the Celtics blowing out the Bucks, the Mavericks blowing out the Suns. On Saturday, you had the blowout um, that occurred. I mean, uh, right? You had the blowout that was well, no games were on Saturday. I guess on Friday it was 
Warriors easily over the Grizzlies. Celtics easily over the Bucks. We all know what happened with the Warriors when they got blown out before they clinched the series. So, yeah, there's been margin in every single one of these games. And so it gets me thinking now. Taking a look at the next game coming up here Thursday night, Celtics Heat. Obviously, if you like the Heat, you don't, you're, you're taking them minus the three and a half and you think they're going to cover like they did in game one. But if you take the Celtics, you're taking them on the money line. I don't think, based off of what we have seen throughout this NBA playoffs and what we have seen when you look at the most recent, you know, 11 games and all the games that we've seen since May 1st, this is not going to be a game where the Celtics will lose but cover the three and a half. If the Celtics cover the line, it's because they win this game outright. So the question you have to ask then is, do the Celtics win this game? And the more I think about it, at least the more I think about what the market told us, the more I'm leaning towards, yes, the Celtics do win game two and even up this series. Now, could the Celtics lose game two, go home down 0-2, win games three and four, even up the series at two apiece, and then still win the series? Yes. I mean, didn't we just see the Dallas Mavericks do that against the number one team in the NBA in the Phoenix Suns? Dallas lost the first two games on the road. They bounced back, evened up the series by winning games three and four in Dallas. So, yeah, it's possible. But prior to game one, the Celtics were the favorite in this series. And what's so interesting to me about the way that the market changes after one game is that I'm I'm wondering what they expected to happen. Because here's my thought process. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But here's my thought process. The Celtics were favored in this series. And based off the point spread prior to Marcus Smart and now Horford being ruled out, we were, the market was telling us that the Celtics were the better team, right? If the Heat were only a point and a half favorite or a two-point favorite and home courts were three, well, then on a neutral floor, the Celtics would be favored. So they're telling us that the Celtics were about a point better than the Miami Heat. All right, I understand it. We can make all the arguments for both sides, but I understand it, whatever. That's not the argument here. Because the Celtics were favored in the series, the belief is that they were going to win one game in Miami. Right? Because they can't win the series without winning a game in Miami. So, when's that win coming? It didn't come in game one. So, is it going to be game two? 
Is it going to be game five? Or is it going to be game seven? When is that win coming? Because what the market's going to tell us here is that if the if the if the Celtics were one and a half to two and a half point dogs in game one, now I understand the spread went to four and a half with the Marcus Martin Al Horford news. I understand that. Injuries change everything. But if you're just looking at these teams, and I do expect Marcus Smart to be back here for game two, and that's much that's a huge boost, more so than Al Horford returning. Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year, has a much bigger impact on the game. So if he's back, I think it brings the Celtics as close to normal as possible. And so now we have to evaluate this team much like we did going into game one. The spread on game three and game four is going to be Celtics minus five. Maybe uh, maybe it's minus four. Maybe it's minus four. Because if we're saying they're a point better, but maybe, yeah, okay, maybe if they're a point better, that means that they'd be a four-point favorite. But I do think that whatever happens in game two is going to change the spread. So let's say Miami wins. There'll be uh, the zigzag bounce back of the team losing the two games on the road and then coming home and playing with desperation. I think that adds a point to the spread. So I think the four becomes five. So they believe that the Celtics will win the games at home. My question is, if the Celtics were favored to begin the series, when is the win in Miami coming? I think the answer is here in game two. And I'm curious where this line eventually goes. Because it's at three and a half right now. And I think that once Marcus Smart gets announced that he is playing. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This spread moves. And it probably goes to three or two and a half, which is kind of going back to where the market had it initially going into game one. I think the Celtics might be the right side. And the more I think about the Celtics being the right side, well, then you got to look at the Celtics on the money line rather than the Celtics plus the three and a half points because of the margin that we've seen here in the playoffs. 
and especially here over the last 10, 11 games, that if this is going to be a win, well, then it's going to be a win by margin. So why take the plus three and a half? Just take the plus 145. That's where I'm leaning here towards with the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat in game two. Celtics, money line in game two. And then we'll just evaluate each game moving forward. Because if the Celtics win this game, the series price is going to adjust and the Celtics are actually going to be heavier favorites than the minus 190 than they were before the series started. So if you like the Celtics in this series, you can get them at plus 125 right now. Right? Because it's going to be higher than the minus 190. Because think about it. Now they stole home court advantage. So all they got to do is win their home games, win the three home games, and they win the series. And they'll be favored in all three home games. So we might have a series adjusted price of Celtics north of minus 200 should they win game two. And then at what point does it get too high and maybe the heat on uh, uh, the buyback is an interesting angle. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We got plenty of day baseball games here on Thursday, including an early start from Camden Yards in Baltimore, the Yankees and the Orioles at 1235 Eastern Time. And the Yankees are heavily favored, minus 210. Jordan Montgomery on the hill against Bruce Zimmerman. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman actually faced um, the Yankees, I guess, in, at the end of April. Uh, he gave up three runs, or four runs, I should say, three of them earned, on seven hits in four and a third. The Yankees won that game 10 to five. And as for uh, Montgomery, and the last time that he faced the uh, Baltimore Orioles, well, he went up against them, let's see, on the 27th, he allowed two runs in five and two-thirds innings. The more I think about this game, and it does kind of play into the whole getaway day factor for the Yankees, the early start time, I think, could mess with both of these teams. Um, the Orioles, um, I think, won't score a ton. And I think the Yankees' bats might actually be held in check by Bruce Zimmerman. He doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. Now, the Yankees just totally buck those numbers because all the Yankees do is hit the ball hard. 
But I think this is a good situational spot for an under. We we know about the the wall in left field, right? Taking away uh, home runs, being pushed back, and and whatnot. Um, at home this year, the Baltimore Orioles are. Let's see. 12-6-1 to the under. So, it's not the best. It's close, though. 12-6-1 to the under at home this season. I think it's so hard betting an under in a game that features the New York Yankees. But with this being an early start time, day game after a night game, I'm also curious what the Yankee lineup is going to look like. We had an interesting lineup on um, on Wednesday night where Giancarlo Stanton got the, got the night off. Uh, Yankees fans in New York call it rest roulette because with uh, Aaron Boone, it's like a different guy's going to get off every night. And, and, and get, they get the night off. So Hicks led off. It was a very interesting line. This was the Yankee lineup here on Thursday, on, on Wednesday. Aaron Hicks led off playing center. Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Josh Donaldson, Glaber Torres, Joey Gallo, Kiner Falefa, Marco, uh, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, and Jose Trevino. So backup catcher in. No Giancarlo Stanton, no DJ LeMahieu. Obviously, this, yeah, of course it was going to be a low-scoring game. It was 3-2. to two. So the concern that I have now is what's the Yankee lineup going to be for this game? Because if Stanton's back in the lineup, if LeMahieu's back leading off, ah, it's so hard betting it under with the Yankees in that lineup. But I will say this. Yankees pitching has been tremendous. And they are limiting opponents to minuscule numbers. And in this game, Garrett Cole went seven innings and Clay Holmes went two. Now, Clay Holmes is their best reliever. This dude just isn't on, on, on another level this season. But the Yankees did not have to use multiple arms out of the bullpen. Michael King, especially. Um, this Chapman, their closer, which maybe you don't want to see Chapman pitching if uh, you're on an under because the guy's been giving up runs all season. Um, Loisaga and Chad Green. What I see happening here is in this game, you're going to have, because bullpen usage is so important when handicapping baseball, Jordan Montgomery is going to give you five innings. And then you're going to get six, seven, and eight between Loisaga and Green. And you might get six, seven, eight between Loisaga, Green, and King. And then Chapman in the ninth. I mean, that's 
the plan here for the Yankee bullpen on Thursday. And because of the effectiveness of those arms, I think that Baltimore's going to be limited offensively. So it's just a matter of the fear of the Yankee lineup doing damage against Bruce Zimmerman as opposed to, you know, the 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 Orioles scoring against the Yankees because I don't think the Orioles will score much in this game. Bruce Zimmerman's a lefty, so you have the righties in the lineup. The righties hitting, you know, to, to the, the, the deepest part of the ballpark does help. I think I'm going to go under here. There's eights are on the board right now. On DraftKings, the eight is at minus 120. So if I can get an eight and a half, that might be the fire spot. I love that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go under here, Yankees and Orioles. I think that's the play for the early game here at uh, 1235 Eastern time. Other feels for um, the early slate of day games. It's going to go to New York where the Mets take on the Cardinals. Dakota Hudson against Chris Bassett. And I don't really want a piece of the Mets for the full game. Max Scherzer left the game after five and two-thirds. The Mets had to use Adam Ottavino and Seth Lugo. Now, the the one thing that you do like about uh, the Mets' bullpen usage, all right, Ottavino and Lugo pitch, but they did not have to use... um, They did not have to use Edwin Diaz, which is good. So Mets' closure is available. Drew Smith is available out of their bullpen as well. So looking at the Mets now against the Cardinals, pitching edge with Chris Bassett on the hill against Dakota Hudson. Bullpen edge because, you know, a guy like Smith and and a guy and your closer in Edwin Diaz are available to pitch in this game. For the Cardinals. They go from, let's see, what's their schedule like? I always like to see where teams are going. They go to Pittsburgh for a game on Friday. So they go to Pittsburgh for the Mets. What are they doing next after this day game here? The Mets will go to Colorado for a game on Friday. So both teams are traveling. Um, Usually that's a spot I like to, you know, take an under with if both teams are trying to get out of town with a day game. So you got getaway day for both teams. The one problem with this total is that it's seven. That's just way too low. Can't do it. Can't do it. But I got to go with the starting pitching, and maybe the Mets in the first five innings is probably the move here. Going back in Chris Bassett over Dakota Hudson. For Bassett, his last two starts... He only allowed one run in five and two-thirds innings. One run against Seattle, and that run came in the sixth inning. So he pitched five shutout innings there. Against Philly, he gives up one run in the second inning, and that's it. Against Atlanta, he gives up one run in the first five innings. Against St. Louis... He gives up zero runs in the first five innings. Against San Francisco, 
He got rocked early. He gave up three runs early in the first inning. Against Arizona, his second start of the year, he doesn't allow a run in the first five innings. And against the Mar- uh, the Nationals, his first start of the year, he ge- he doesn't allow a run in the first five innings. This is a guy that pitches great in the first five innings of games. Mets first five, that's got to be the play. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. AIR. Continue to look at the baseball schedule here, getting to the Stanley Cup playoffs coming up. This is the look ahead on VCD Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Draft like no other, wine like no other. Play free during the PGA Tour with the Mayomi Dare to Play Unrivaled Golf Series. Enter five free contests to take your shot at a share of $25,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Mayomi now to join the action. That's M-E-I-O-M-I. Mayomi, flavor forward. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. You know, I'm looking at um, just the numbers here on the Mets and the Cardinals. More on this game. Chris Bassett against Dakota Hudson. And at first, my first thought was the Mets' first five is like a slam dunk. So Chris Bassett, seven starts this season. All seven, he's gone at least five innings. He's allowed seven total runs in the first five. So he's averaging allowing just one run per game in the first five. Five of those runs, though, came in just one game against the San Francisco Giants. The five-inning results of Chris Bassett's seven starts this season for the Mets. Zero, zero, five. That was the Giants game. Zero, one one zero. So he has had um, four games out of seven starts that he has allowed no runs in the first five innings. I'm looking at Dakota Hudson, though, and he's actually been pretty good as well. Now, he's given up some runs, 11 total runs in the first five innings in his seven starts. His game logs, 3-3-0-0-2-3-0. So he's had three starts where he shut opponents out in the first five innings and four starts where he's given up at least two runs. So it's an average of 1.57. Maybe the first five under is the play. With a total of uh, seven, it's gotta be it's gonna be three and a half. And that's three and a half is so low, but with these numbers, it's it's kind of hard to ignore here. Um first half line right now is Mets minus one sixty eight. Now I wouldn't play that. I would go with the Mets on the run line, which is right now at minus a half a run is minus one oh four. 
the under three and a half is actually plus money. The over three and a half right now is minus 128. So is the under three and a half the move here? When you consider that Chris Bassett has only allowed seven runs total in his seven starts in the first five innings. And Dakota Hudson, 11 runs total in his first five innings. So that's an average of 1.57. So there's an average of 2.57 runs per first five between both the Mets starter and the Cardinals starter. And if you look at first five scoring this season, the Mets are averaging 2.39 runs per first five. The Cardinals are actually pretty high, 2.72. So that would lead you to believe the over because it's easily over three and a half, which is why maybe the over is juiced. But with both of these starting pitchers, maybe an under three and a half in the first five comes into play, especially when you consider that it is a getaway day for both of these teams and it is a one o'clock day game start. So shadows kind of come into play as well. Um, well, not shadows. It's just going to be sunny and bright. Um, shadows don't come into play until, you know, later at night. So there are, are no shadows. Um, but maybe different sight lines. Maybe there are shadows, just the way that the sun is there during the day, as opposed to the sun at 7 o'clock at night. Right? But maybe the under first five. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly talking myself into this. Uh, other games that I was really intrigued by, Diamondbacks against the Cubs. Zach Gowan, and this is at uh, 7.40 Eastern time start. Zach Gowan has just been ridiculous this season. This dude is unreal. Let me give you his game logs, okay? He's made six starts this season for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm going to start with his first start of the season and then bring you up to where we are here. And his last start was against these Chicago Cubs. So here we go. Four innings, zero runs. Five innings, one run. Six innings, zero runs. Six and two-thirds innings, two runs. Seven innings, zero runs. And six innings, one run. He has pitched 34 and a third innings this season. He has only allowed 18 hits. He's given up only Four runs. He has only walked five batters. And he has struck out 35. Zach Gallen right now is the National League Cy Young winner. And let me see what his odds are for the Cy Young. He right now is at 25 to 1 to win the National League Cy Young. 25 to 1. I, 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 it's hard. I, who's better than this guy right now? 
Who is better than Zach Gallon right now in the National League? Let's look here at the ERA leaders in the National League. Pablo Lopez has a 1.57 ERA. He's thrown eight starts. Miles Michaelis, in eight starts, has a 1.68 ERA. Zach Gallon's not on this list because he probably doesn't qualify because he's only made six starts. But Zach Gallon's ERA right now, through his six starts, 1.05. He's got the best numbers in baseball. A 1.05 ERA and a .67 whip. Again, I mean the major league leaders. I'll just go both leagues. Nestor Cortez, 1.35. Verlander, 1.38. I mentioned Pablo Lopez and, and Miles Michaelis. Alec Manoa, 1.71. Zach Gallon's at 1.05. I'm seeing 25 to 1. I got to find this on other, uh, on other websites. Let me see. There's got to be... Um, there's got to be better odds than this, but maybe this is the best odds. Let's see. Um, updated May 17th. Okay, let's see. May 17th. Let's see. National League. Zach Gallon was 30 to 1 at one book. I got 25 to 1 at another book. This is a bet that's got to be made. This is a bet that's got to be made. Zach Gallon is winning the National League Cy Young. Barring injury. That's the biggest concern. But, wow. I got to bet. I got to bet on him uh, here in this spot. You know, taking a look at this game, Marcus Stroman also has looked pretty good for the Cubs, at least in certain spots, at least in his last spot. When his last start here against Milwaukee... He um he threw really well in his last start. Marcus Stroman uh, went seven shutout innings in his last start against Milwaukee. Prior to that, he got tagged for three runs in six innings against Atlanta, eight runs in four and a third against Tampa, five runs in four innings against Colorado, and then he had a very good start, one run in five innings against Milwaukee. So maybe it's just against Milwaukee that he's got their number. Arizona is only a small minus 120 favorite. Minus 115, this is the play. Diamondbacks are the play. Zach Gow- and Zach Gowan, Cy Young Award. Let's make this bet. 25 to 1, 30 to 1. I'm going to shop around and really try and find a... Uh, trying to find the best number because I'm going to place this bet. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Spring Special is here for only $59. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vcin.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I. Are yeah, gonna have to shop around and, and try and find the number here on Zach. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare Matt gowan uh getting tweets here ian's letting me know that uh it's 35 in illinois so yeah let's uh we got to shop around here see where we can get the best number on uh, Zach Gowan National League Cy Young Award. And it's got to be fast. Like, clock is ticking because once this dude makes his start on Thursday night against the Cubs, and let's say he does what he does, six shutout, seven shutout innings, that ERA ticks down a little bit more. We're talking about uh, a qualifying number now that he gets on the leaderboards because right now you go to the Major League Baseball stat leaders, he's not up there. Because with only six starts, I don't think he qualifies. So once he qualifies now with the seventh start, he's gonna, he'll be on top of the leaderboards, and then everyone's going to know about what's been going down. I mean, I knew this dude was a stud. I pretty much bet the Diamondbacks every time he pitches. But I didn't realize, like, the exact numbers that he was putting up this season. I was just looking at the numbers, like the advanced numbers, and being like, yeah, we're going to bet Zach Allen. Let me look at his fan graphs here for a second. Um, because very curious. Let's see. Let's look at some quick, some quick advanced stuff here. Yeah, obviously his FIPS higher than his ERA, but you would expect that because his ERA is so low. Um, yeah, let's see some other stuff here. I mean, I'm already sold. I mean, I, I'm I'm already sold. I'm in. I'm just now. I just gotta shop around for the best number to get it in at. But I'm already sold. I'm betting this. 
it makes up for my long shot bets that are already losers, like my Noah Syndergaard American League Cy Young ticket. 100 to 1 at William Hill. Could rip that bad boy up because he's not winning the American League Cy Young. <laughs> and the worst, my, my the, the, I thought that I placed the best futures bet in the world. And I, I didn't, I'm not ripping up the ticket because it's still the long baseball season. Anything can happen. But I got Mickey Moniak to be the National League Rookie of the Year at 100 to 1. I'm holding on to that ticket. Well, not me personally, but, you know, a friend of mine. You know how these things work. I mean, it's my bet, but I don't, you know, I don't have it because I had to have somebody place it for me in a different place to get the best number. Call the proxy. We use them all the time. Uh, Mickey Moniak this spring was hitting lights out for the Philadelphia Phillies. I think he had six or seven spring training homers, and he was like second in the league in home runs in spring training. Second or third, right up there. Odubel Herrera, who is the starting center fielder for the Philadelphia Phillies, was out for the first month of the season. Moniak was going to make the roster as the starting opening day center fielder. He um, got hit by a pitch in the last spring training start and fractured his hand. And it's just such a bummer because he was going to start the season as their opening day center fielder. And I was hoping that he was going to Wally Pip Odubel Herrera and he wasn't going to give up that job. And then I'd be sitting here with the 100 to 1 on him to win the uh, National League Rookie of the Year. And if he put up the numbers that he put up in spring training, he was going to tear it up. So still holding out hope because it is a long baseball season and he has begun a, or he will begin a rehab assignment. I think the latest I saw on Mickey is that, um, let's see, when we get an update. Uh, Moniak is right now, he is taking live at bats down in Florida and coming up here on Thursday he will begin extended spring training games. So he is getting closer to return, but he's still going to need several weeks of minor league reps before they can determine if he's ready to join the team and if he's going to join them at the major league level. What the thing that I kind of like about maybe his prospects is if he does come back, let's say in the next... Let's, let's call it a month, right? So he misses April. He misses May. If he's back in June, I got June, July, August, September. I got four months of the season for this kid to tear it up. And that's enough time, I think, for him to put up numbers and be the rookie of the year. But it's got to happen. He's got to get to the majors. He's got to make a run here and, and see if it can happen. What I do kind of like is maybe with the Bryce Harper injury, they're going to be more cautious with Bryce. I know he wants to play the outfield. He's been itching. He's He can't throw for several weeks. It's going to be like six weeks before he starts throwing. Um, he can DH, and he's been DHing with this injury. Maybe that's going to be his role for the majority of this season. So if you can bring in a young kid like Moniak to take some reps in the outfield, 
while you're DHing Bryce Harper, that's how we get the playing time. That's how we get the at-bats. So that is something I certainly will be hoping for um, coming up here. I'll keep an eye on that uh, extended spring training stuff that's going to happen here on Thursday. The PGA uh, Championship will get underway here on Thursday, and uh, the first tee time is going to be at 8 a.m. Eastern time. I am on, or I'm going to be on, I'm going to walk downstairs right here to the window, uh, and uh, here at Circa, Tiger to make the cut is minus 116. That's a bet that I will place. Um, I think this is, in my opinion, the safe bet when it comes to Tiger. Do I want to get in on him at 99 to 1 to win the event or whatever? I mean, maybe I'll, I'll just to say I have it, right? Maybe put like 20 bucks on it just, just, just to say I have it. Uh, I don't, I'm not confident in it, obviously, uh, but I am confident that he makes the cut. I think the best golf that we see from Tiger is going to be in the first two rounds. It's kind of the same handicap that I had for him in the Masters, right? And it showed in the Masters. He performed well early, and then he he fell off. He fell fell off the face of the earth. That's what's going to happen here. Is the fatigue's not going to set in until day three. So I do like Tiger in the first two rounds to really have his best golf. The other thing with Tiger is he's got the benefit of an early start time about 9 a.m. here in round one, and I'm talking Eastern time, and a later start time on Friday in round two. He's got uh, 2.30 or so tee time for round two. So I love that because it gives him extra rest. If Tiger had to tee off at 8 a.m. on Tuesday after an afternoon tee time, or excuse me, on Friday, after an afternoon tee time on Thursday, I, I wouldn't like that at all. The quick turnaround with him, with the, with the fatigue issues and, and, and the injuries, no, 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 I don't want, no. But now he has an, a half, whole half day to, to rest up. He doesn't have to, you know, wake up early and play early. I think that plays into Tiger's, uh, I think it's an, an advantage for him. So I, I'm going to play Tiger to make the cut, and I'm going to go with my guys that I've always, uh, go with every tournament, Zalatoris and Shane Lowry as outright winners. Um, and and then I'll just uh, probably take a flyer on a couple of guys for first-round leader. We talked to Pamela Maldonado here uh, on, on this show, and, and she gave us some some outright or first round leaders, uh, point spread weekly. Our golf guys, Wes Reynolds, Brady Cannon, Matt Humans, they got stuff going on with the golf as well. So lots of picks available uh, up on vsin.com and in point spread weekly. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Brian Geltzauer from SiriusXM NBA Radio will join the program. Mike Palm. VP at Circa will join the program. And Matt Vaskurgeon from the MLB Network, great play-by-play announcer, will join the guys. It's all coming up on Follow the Money. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 